Welcome back to Culture Hang with me, Hannah. And me, Holly. Where we talk about popular culture, not much else. We go on rants, we have a good time. We do. We want you to enjoy. Stay a while. Stay a while. Stay the whole time if you want. (laughs) Hopefully we're that engaging, but it's okay if you leave earlier. Um, Social media, linked in the description. Click on there and you can find everything that Mm -hmm. you need to find if you want to find more. Um, Also, there is... A link to Patreon in the description, or there is. do we just mention it? There's there an actual is a, link. An actual link to our Patreon. Oh my god! You lucky, lucky people. So everything is signed. What can they find there, Holly? You can find two new episodes per month. Oh my gosh, that's so much content in the month. So much content in a month. Uh, we're very consistent. We're very good at it. Uh, sometimes we're a little bit late, but they will be there. <laughs> Life gets in the way sometimes. It does, but we will make sure they're there. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Um, we do Bad Book Club where we read what's considered trash novels but it's not trash we love it saves us saves our souls truly the entire time um and they're normally free although last month we no this month is still yeah we're diverting into some non-free literature literature. (laughs) but it's still bad book club the way you know and love it indeed absolutely and it's not going to change and we also do celebrity corner where we talk about a celebrity or a couple or a throuple yeah one throuple has been discussed Indeed. And, you know, sometimes it's not enough to talk about on the main pod. If you're like, oh, why haven't they talked about them? They will be probably on there. It's Um, usually because we end up doing 40 minutes instead of an hour. So it's literally that we just don't have 20 minutes of content. Um, (laughs) We find a way. So you're still getting essentially a full podcast experience. Yeah, I would would say that's fair. Um, So if you want to chuck us a couple of quid, that's the best place to do it. But you just being here listening to our disembodied voices down the other end of the line is also great we love Um, love love it thank you so much for being here thank you um if you're new welcome hope you enjoy if you're returning welcome back how's it going hey girly hey girlies um hope you're having a good week hope you're having a good month good time good year um for all our newbies we like to start by just talking about things that have happened this week before we get into the main topic so Mm -hmm. just hang around to hear the main topic but to start with please enlighten me on what has happened this week i'd love to know so chronically online this week really yeah i don't know if it's because it's like cold and dark and then i'm just like i'll just go a little scrolly scroll on tiktok and then i'm just there for hours can i start with something just because i have nothing but someone (laughs) came up to me this week and went oh my god have you been keeping up with the kardashian drama and i was like not really like honestly not i was like i know that we now have a name for stormy baby brother um i know that did you know this was it alfie it's air oh um which is arabic for penis yes one of my friends told me this um (laughs) So she was like, clearly no one told that. But anyway, I think it's quite good with Stormy, Stormy and I. Um But she was like, yeah, yeah. And then um, Kanye got married. What? Yeah, but like, I didn't know about this at all. Kanye West has fully married someone else. Jesus, who? I think it's someone that works for Yeezys or something. Mm, but okay. yeah, they just got married. And I was like, what? She's like, yeah, yeah. Have you not been eating up? That's I was like, evidently no. No, um, I got a TikTok about it afterwards that North has now met the new stepmother. But oh my god, you know he's married. Quite a move to um, marry a man after he's just publicly done what he's done. Maybe um, she's doing what Julia Fox said she was ooh, doing yeah. <laughs> in that she's protecting Kim Kardashian. Anyway, speaking of Julia Fox, I, I thought you might mention this. <laughs> Please tell me she did an apartment tour. I loved this and. It's just really quite wholesome and normal. Yeah. And then signs off on the end um, by saying that she doesn't understand why people have ginormous houses when they don't need them. This would be me because I was looking at her <laughs> apartment. It's a pretty big, like considering she's in New York, I think. Yeah, it's, it's a, a pretty big, big apartment. apartment. Um, but in the fact she put all her effort into her child's room oh, no. and she like let, made her bedroom or what should have been her bedroom into a playroom. I was yeah. like... I, I just feel like I love Julia Fox, but like say what you want about her or your opinion. I just think she just seems like the best mom. Like she really does. She puts that child first. Yeah. And that's I loves just love him it. a lot. Yeah, like and yeah. you can always tell the way she talks about him. There's his <laughs> toys everywhere. It feels like when you go walk into a normal person yeah. with a 
toddler's house. Yeah, literally. That's what it looks. It doesn't look like the Kardashians' monastery. No, it no. There's look actual like toys. It's lived in. <laughs> yeah. And there's like, there, she's like, this is my kitchen, and this is his kitchen. Yeah. It's very sweet. <laughs> I thought, I, and also, I mean. It, you know, I didn't think she was trying to be like, look how normal I am. She was no, being like, I know it's a mess, which like, is how... This is where I live. And I think that was really refreshing. Yeah. But everyone kept talking about the being it being like mouse infested. I didn't hear her talk about the she mice. She does say she's got, I think it's near the end. She's oh, like, yeah, okay. I've got a little mouse infestation, but I just don't want to get rid of them. <laughs> she's like, I don't want to, she doesn't want to evict them. Oh. So it's quite sweet. I would probably get rid of them. <laughs> yeah. But sometimes it's not as avoidable. Yeah. Like some rat the other morning I was walking down the street and there was the biggest rat I've Ooh, ever seen. Like I it was hate massive. And it was just I right in front of me and I was hate like the rats. We can't but the rats aren't going to be happy with this announcement. <laughs> but you, we can't both be on the pavement right now. It was also Ooh. not that early. Like people were walking. Ugh, I hate I hate them so much and I see them all the time. I think it's one rat I keep seeing. It has like something against you? Yeah, I think it's Maybe this me. was that rat and it was like trying to convey a message Ugh, to me no, for you. Don't even joke. I hate I hate <laughs> them. I don't really have like a So you wouldn't be a Julia Fox and keep mice? Absolutely or are you okay not. with mice? No. All of them. I, I think, think I saw a mouse the other day and I was like, eh, it's a rat it's, like, it's not a rat's mouth. Calm down. It was I... in, in St. Peter's Square. I was like, I remember one time I was waitressing and I was carrying so many glasses. I was like cleaning glasses, so I was picking all the glasses up outside. Yeah. Uh, and I had honestly a tray st- stuffed to the brim yeah. with glasses, and a rat ran out in front of me. I was suddenly like, "Do not scream! Do not scream!" Because I knew as soon as I screamed, I'm throwing the glasses I've collected everywhere. So I just calmly walked off, put the glasses down, and then did the biggest like full body oh. shiver, and I was like. Ah! <laughs> I was like, don't scream. Also, can't alert the guests to the fact that there's <laughs> rats around. I know, it's like the worst thing. Yeah. There was a lot of influencer nonsense going on as well. Um, the so, Dubai trip? Well, yeah, this is what I wanted to start with. Mm. So, Tart is the name. Yes. Of, I, th- I think I always say it wrong. How I'm do you call say it? Tarty, which that's definitely not how it's said. It's like you're saying Tatty, as in Oh, God, Tatty Westbrook. Tatty Westbrook. Oh, my God. Tart- so. There was Tarte. 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 Took everyone to Dubai. Yeah. Um, and then it was just this really extravagant influencer trip as per very circa 2018 when they were all doing this kind of thing. I haven't really seen, but then I'm not really watching. Do you get this one girl called, I think she's called Madeline. Maybe. Um, <laughs> I get her videos mainly because she's known for putting like so much foundation on. Like, oh, I think, yeah, do you know what I mean? Yeah, she yeah, went, yeah. I think it's like a PR thing because I do not think she actually uses that much foundation. Yeah, because she did the, was it the Charlotte, no, not Charlotte Tilbury. She did the Bobby Brown Bobby drama Brown, thing yeah. and put way too much on. But it, I think wearing makeup is a wonderful, wonderful thing if you enjoy it. But I always look <laughs> at her and I'm like, I know it's got to be a marketing thing. But your skin is perfect. Yeah, I, I just wouldn't wear anything. No. I think it's because like I have never experienced skin of like that sheer flawlessness <laughs> that she seems to have. And I'm like, why do you even... It feels like I'm wasting my time. Oh, like, I, just, I... I just don't like looking at the videos because it's just so much it's so much foundation you feel like you could scratch your name into I think face. she must like wipe it off and yeah. put a normal amount on because she puts so much Ooh. on so anyway. anyway so she she goes don't really see much from the trip it's the LinkedIn things that oh. happen afterwards so suddenly there's all these big marketing um, jobs being listed on LinkedIn Okay, literally the day that the trip finishes so the theory is that they flew all of these influencers out to Dubai, paid right. for everything. It wasn't any kind of return on investment and they lost a bunch of money. So everyone got fired as soon as they landed back oh, oh on American soil. Yeah, Because I had seen, I've not seen much on this, but there was a thing about someone making a joke about them like having to use this tart makeup in their videos mm. but using the smallest amount they possibly could <laughs> but i was under the impression tart was good makeup it's not makeup yeah. i use but i was i swear everyone goes on about the tart concealer yes this is bringing about so i don't know why i don't know it, it didn't influence me but i'm not much of a makeup wearer anyway so no. i i 
it's never going to. No, but I also I think, don't see that sending yeah. a bunch of people to Dubai <laughs> would really influence you to Dubai makeup. <laughs> no. Like, I understand why they, they used to do this sort of thing with like Hollister and stuff like that. Well, yes, considering yeah, Hollister's yeah. brand is like beach vibes, yeah, or used to be at the time, it made sense to send a, a load of influencers to a beach yeah, and get them running exactly. around and being happy. Yeah. Why is t- like? Why did a makeup brand need to be in Dubai? <laughs> Tan Dubai? It's just like going, oh, we have money. Yeah. And we're sending people with money to a place which has money. Yeah. By association, therefore. But it just, yeah, I think it's it's a real turning point from that YouTube heyday where big brands would pay out for like Emma Chamberlain mm. or the friends go to Coachella or it was always oh, like, sure. an, it, like a sponsored trip. But yeah. it's not, doing what it was it used to do to, i don't think also i think that people are getting a bit tired of massive of massive are. displays of wealth like i think yeah. we're getting it but on the topic of dubai mm. beyonce did a performance in dubai did she yeah at this hotel they like hired her to go and just perform at this hotel oh my god for like guests um <laughs> that's so weird yeah i know it was so bizarre i think it was like an sort of marketing thing for them because other celebrities were there um but there's loads of i don't know a lot of ethical conundrums that came along with it people don't really know how to feel with it um and also i think it was meant to be a private performance and it was definitely leaked or like Mm, yeah um but yeah a bit of an odd one i feel like she was getting a lot of criticism for it and people are criticizing Mm. it because of the um human rights issues that Dubai has had. <laughs> yeah. We're not really the podcast that's going to do the in-depth deep dive in the human rights atrocities going on, but yeah. like, you know, you can research, make make up your own opinion. It's a bit of a difficult one. Um, but no, I, I, I'm curious to see if this is the first thing that this hotel's done, if this is the first kind of, if it's Beyonce is the first act or she's just the biggest act. Like, how many other um, performers have performed in Dubai. Oh, like, probably loads. Yeah, so I think it's just, it's not saying that she's free from any kind of criticism, but it's always when Beyonce does something, everyone's like, oh, hold on a minute. It's a complex situation. Very complex situation, yeah. yeah and I, but, I understand it because it's Beyonce, but at the same time, no one's above being challenged, I guess. No, um, and I guess I don't really know enough about what happened at this hotel. Some yeah. people I've seen saying, like, well, it was a private thing, so it wasn't okay. as though she did it for Dubai. It's not like <laughs> when the World Cup was happening and people were, like, yeah. you know, it was Being influencing tourism and stuff. Yeah. But I don't, mm, I don't know. It, it's kind of strange to me. Yeah. But I guess you could have the same criticism of all the beauty influencers who just went and spent their time Party in Dubai. 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 Oh. It's like, can we should we should people not be going to Dubai? <laughs> I don't want to go, but just because it's not really me. <laughs> it's not and also I'm vibe. not happy about human rights issues <laughs> as well. Morally. Can Morally we I have opinions. Second to yeah. um, the second thing you said. Well speaking of influences, okay. more beauty drama. Okay. <gasps> I think I know what this is. There's this woman called Michaela. I know Michaela. Michaela, a couple of months ago, if you need a refresh, um, refresh was the one that was like... Um, it's really hard to be an influencer. <laughs> she has the most strong... I think it's, it's a Boston accent. It's something it's very so distinctive. Strong, but yeah. she basically did this whole thing where she said how hard it was to be an influencer. And everyone was like, yeah. And she was like, it's five o'clock and I haven't even clocked off. And everyone was like, okay. But also... <laughs> Other people have jobs <laughs> and they don't, like, no matter what, even if I understand influencers do work hard, but essentially a lot of what they do, we do on a weekend for yeah. a couple of hours. Like, we do this podcast. We yeah. don't, I guess we don't do that much in marketing, but like, I think if we were going to, we would just put a couple more hours in. Like, yeah, I know yeah. that they're producing daily content, but they are TikToks. They don't take that long. Yeah. We do like an hour long podcast, sometimes two, edit it, and, you know, have a like full time life on top and of it. weekends still and like, have weekends yeah I don't think that it's I don't think it's that much <laughs> no. of, of more work than I understand it's a full time job but like it, it is just a full time job yeah, which is not what in everyone ER, does like yeah all of this stuff <laughs> literally like, anyway so but now she straight off the back of the last one she's back in <laughs> back in the headlines again so she was like guys this mascara is incredible yeah. 
And she doesn't have like very dark, very long eyelashes. Yeah. Anyway. So you'd be like, great, I want to hear her makeup review. Mm-hmm. And then suspiciously, she applies one layer and then puts a filter or another lash strip. I think I've looked at it. <laughs> Forensically. <laughs> yeah, because at first I was like, I could believe that that's someone's eyelashes because yeah. she's clearly put mascara onto it. Yes. I yeah. think it is a false lash with the mascara yeah, on. I think. Because I thought so. Because the ends look like just mascara lashes. Yeah. But the you can kind of see the base looks like it's yeah. not. So I suspect it's a false lash. A very subtle false lash. Yeah. No, not. She probably was like, do you know what? I mean, I've if got, she's not I've got, got away with this. If she's not got very long eyelashes. Yeah. It's like no mascara is going to do anything. No. And I'm not defending it. But also, if you are like meant to be doing an advert for someone and you put the mascara on, it's like, well, I've got no eyelashes. So like, there's a, it's not going to do anything. I guess you would prefer the honest <laughs> approach of being like, well, I don't have much eyelashes, but yeah. this is what it does for me. So yeah. make your own opinion. But I could understand the panic of like, oh my God. Yeah. But I don't have eyelashes. How do I <laughs> advertise for them? But, you know, it, it, it's a bit dishonest considering it is and especially because it's like sponcon and all of this yeah stuff, and then people and spend money based on yeah, that review they trust the whole thing is that you trust your influencer like a friend to sell you the product and mm. so if someone's slightly altering it but the the strength of the reaction against this is bizarre is it i haven't seen enough yeah, i so saw I, jeffrey star's response well like to bring this like worm out of his hole mm-hmm. again and like and it's like, so bad shots fired or you've worked because you've chosen he, like the wrong day girl something he looked like his response other than that was reasonably valid he was just like yeah. um i know so many influencers that do this sort of thing it's a very yeah. common thing to do um it just shows that you probably shouldn't trust all the influencers but it's not good when your actions make jeffrey star look valid like and do, and we <laughs> can't have that happening but what was the rest of the response just people being like like are people very annoyed very annoyed being like oh she can't how dare she try and do this and it was for a sponsored post and yeah it was, if she maybe some people were like she's done it on purpose to get people to buy it to get people talking well, yeah. like she knows what she's doing and it's like I'm not Well, that yeah, surprised. but it's also like in terms of what's going on right now. Yeah. I understand, <laughs> like, if you'd bought it, but then, I mean, is that feel, for me, that feels like what mascara adverts have been like for years. Like, for years, gro- everything like, is it- promising that you will be like growing eyelashes yeah. overnight and it'll be the thickest, fullest, falsies set you'll ever see. And, and it's I'm just so like, it's not. Used to this sort of thing when we have all the people on TikTok. That are like try this and you'll never age and i can see <laughs> that they have botox in their face know, and like yeah. and then saying this will clear your skin right up they yeah. have botox and I, yeah. i'm like you you are selling people a lie yeah for sure and yeah. i'm like the mascara thing is bad as well but i feel like with mascara you buy it once you use it and you decide and it was a l'oreal it's still not good but it was a l'oreal mascara yeah, so, so like you make... buy it once you'd yeah. be like not it doesn't actually do yeah. that, which I've done with about a thousand mascaras Always. that have been, rec- yeah. and you know, literally the pictures on the box. Yeah, someone with no eyelashes to yeah. false eyelashes. Whereas, like, I feel much stronger about the people making people insecure about the way they look and literally promising a lie. But I understand the anger towards it because it, yeah. it is essentially being lied to. It is, but it was it was just so disproportionate, and I think yeah. as well in line with what you were saying, like the Scar the Scarparelli show. Um, I've just seen so many things. So basically, they sent it was very like beautiful, detailed pieces mm. that like nodded back to the history. But then there was also um, really realistic looking fake animal heads onto yeah. dresses that people got really upset about, even though they're not real. It was the, um, the one that Kylie Jenner wore. Yes, but yeah, the Getty pictures of her. Right. She, you can tell how much work she's had done on her face and somebody was saying that they've sent their friends that have been using her as their baseline for their like cosmetic procedures they're like this is what she looks she doesn't even look like what yeah, she looks like yeah. this is what she looks like on a day-to-day untouched unfiltered yeah. on everything you can tell how much work she's had done in her face and i think that it is just the nature of advertising but when it's like bodies yeah. and uh, 
everything is is modified for your eyes but tiktok is like no it's just me and you and we're just here yeah. and, it's, and it's the same kind of youtube thing but it's i don't know if it's the frequency of the videos but the kind of personal touch of it seems much more and like the fourth wall is completely and it's someone like talking to you as if you're kind of on facetime with them it feels very strange because people don't really put music no it's just like Like, them having a chat being like oh let's try this out then and i think as well the amount i just feel like i'm so used to seeing that sort of thing on tiktok that the i'm sure that people are being paid to do ads and not admitting it on tiktok oh, which is illegal but like yeah. i'm sure it's happening <laughs> yeah. because the amount of times where i'm like the way you are delivering yeah. this is very unnatural yeah and the amount of times when they introduce tiktok shop and all these people being like oh i bought these on tiktok shop they're such a good deal right now i'm just I letting you know, know it's not an ad yeah. go and check it out and i'm like it must be there are sometimes people are doing stuff like that and I'm like, I just don't know if I trust it. So yeah. I think maybe it's just a lack of trust that I'm just not surprised by this sort of thing. And I'm like, mm. Yeah, because we're expected everything we, every time you go onto your phone or go into the internet, you're trying to be sold something. Literally. Like, you can't move for it. And you- I think I have to be distrusting because I'm so easily sold things. So that, like, easily sold I'm very things. easily influenced that I have to go yeah. to such an extreme of like, don't believe it because <laughs> otherwise i would buy everything it's gonna fall into the trap again yeah and again. so you have to be the most distrustful person it's better to be so <laughs> distrustful and work your way up to trust than just immediately trust everything yeah i think so when it comes to marketing like maybe don't try that with people <laughs> or maybe yeah. do i don't know if that works <laughs> anyway anything else oh uh paris Hilton had a baby oh, she did she the, had an, the aqu- picture an aquarius baby i haven't i don't think i saw a picture it was like there, her finger or her hand oh, and no, a baby. Did, yeah. but like the baby people were commenting like the baby's hand was just so manicured and perfect like <laughs> it's like cuticles were pushed back and things like that oh. i saw people commenting on that and she'd had a full <laughs> manicure and i was like that's so paris Iconic. i absolutely love it like of course this is the most perfect baby's hand you've ever seen yeah like ready made yeah for sure it was, it was incredible but i'm happy for her yeah i think it's very sweet it's nice very sweet thing that happened and finally the Ticketmaster senate hearing has been happening i don't ah, know if you've seen clips of no. this the senators have taken every opportunity to drop taylor swift lyrics into their testimony yeah. and it's incredible because yeah, like there's not a lot of stuff in politics that you can kind of laugh about these days because yeah. everything's just bleak and dark mm. and sad but this is incredible yeah like, so good and some of them make oblique references to their daughters or people being like they should be mad if i didn't get to say all of these different things but um oh my god it's just it's such a heart lifting that's not the word but did you mean heartwarming yeah yeah <laughs> Heartlifting. Heartlifting is good too. Heartlifting Same experience. sentiment, I imagine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uplift. You put heartwarming oh, and uplifting yes. together, which is fair. There we go. That's yeah. was it. Spoonerism. Oh yeah, yeah. I love that um, term, which means what you just did. <laughs> but yes, yeah, so that was my last little sweet thing. Sorry, that was quite a lot. It was quite happened. long, but I think this main topic kind of is... Well, this is also an extension. Extension. And it's not that long of a thing, but it's a it's a thought-provoking one. So... It's a continuation that I think in the kind of discussions that we have about cultural appropriation yeah. nowadays, it's somebody who's been doing it for decades and is and still on the same train. <laughs> but I think like more importantly as well, influenced a lot a lot of people yes. yeah. to do what she was doing without them realizing where what she was doing was from yes so we're talking about gwen stefani we and are. my like core memories of gwen stefani because she was a very big part of my childhood i yeah, grew um, up on gwen yeah. stefani music i think most people did if you had pop party or like she now that's there. what i call whatever she was there <laughs> yeah. she was at every party every disco not mm-hmm. personally but you hear her voice um and she, her fashion is such a big part of yeah. my memory of her and also my memory of 2000s late 90s fashion Absolutely. although i wasn't alive for no but she was it. i th- i think of it always when i think of the people back then the fashion icons mm. it was britney for sure it was paris hilton yes gwen stefani and fergie literally yeah and but obviously then, there was more people there was more but that, like but... for you at that point in yeah. time that we were seeing a lot of and i yeah i loved i love like when she had the little blue hair bob situation i really love it but when i was looking at it now through this lens it was like a lot of what she was doing 
was just taken from other cultures. Yeah. But then it was repackaged and it would be like, oh, dress like Gwen Stefani. Yeah. But it was not something that Gwen Stefani had come up with. No. And that i think that is kind of the problem because then you would mm. I, it's kind of erasing a whole culture through yeah. like the middleman of gwen stefani <laughs> yeah. but that's how like so the big example i think for us was like what we were discussing yesterday was the bindis that she would wear yeah because when i was a child i didn't really understand what it was outside of like no. gwen stefani or people wearing it there was gwen stefani and then is it a is it a beyonce song or a pussycat dolls song Potentially both. <laughs> Potentially Wait, there's both. a Coldplay. Oh, someone's in a Coldplay song and they are dressed fully in like a sari with a bindi. I can't remember who it I is can't now. Either. Oh, you've really lost me. Um, but yeah, it's kind of. It was always. I never joined the dots in my head that it was like a cultural thing that people had. It was no. just all I saw was white women. You, yeah, literally. Famous I, white women. Because that was mainstream like, media. Was show, I yes, mean, it, yeah. you know. Yeah, it was mainstream media just showed you these women wearing it. And then yeah. you're like, oh, that's fashion. Yeah. But it, it's not. It's like a Ooh. part of people's culture yep. and their lives and it's also more importantly something that they have received like racist treatment yeah. for yeah. and been mocked for but then has been taken and appropriated yeah. by white women and then repackaged to well children like us or yeah. young influential people i didn't wear the bindies because i was too young and also i think i wouldn't have been allowed yeah um i did <laughs> That wasn't <laughs> confession. confession. But time. I, I think I was probably about twelve, and it, and it was, was at a music festival, and, and that, it was sold yeah. there. So we bought them when we were there. It was a big thing. There was a point in music festivals, and also these were sold at Topshop, would sell that sort of thing. Exactly. I'm but, not saying this is completely forgivable for no. The I feel like you, a... you are you are opening yourself up. Yeah, it's open, comfortable, but this is what this is the issue that like yeah, and they nobody, were and I've I've at the time I had no other thoughts about like this being massively insensitive and yeah. that is so ignorant that that was like I was like a, quite a grown up child at that point. Yeah, but you were a child. I was a child, but I'm not like forgiving it in any kind of way. But it's like you know we shouldn't we shouldn't have been. But there's buying a reason that you were because like. <laughs> Anyway, I guess this is what we're getting to. There's a reason yeah. why, and it like it's not all Gwen Stefani's fault. But I think no. then what recently happened is there was an alert article, mad article. That, guys, you need to read as much as we talk about this today. Go read this article. It's so well written. I think it's by is it Jessa Marie Color? Yeah, she wrote it, and um, it's really well written. I really enjoy it, but it's just wild. It's so wild. I think in particular that. Something happens in this interview, which is kind of what sparked me to be like, I think we should talk about Gwen Stefani mm. now, because um, it hits some headlines, uh, the main part of this article. But you don't really see interviewers yeah. for big magazines nowadays get hit a nerve that they don't really know how to respond to in yeah. an interview. It's always and admit like, it within their writing, being yeah. like, I didn't know what to do. And at the time as yeah. well. So I think it's such an interesting piece for that, because oftentimes it's like us retrospectively being like oh but they they were a bit still like being really kiss arsy yeah. with this famous person but she she wasn't because it absolutely baffled her when yeah. um, and not just her the other people in the room <laughs> and she says about giving we'll read out what was said but like she specifically i feel like when i read these headlines um i'm not i'm not one of those people that's like oh they've twisted their words but sometimes like when it's just a punchy headline yeah i'm like oh well i'll read the context of it because it might yeah. change what it yeah. says um you like th there's it doesn't change it like the context doesn't change it and it makes it worse of anything mm -hmm. and then she's specifically saying in it like oh i gave her several times to not say this so it wasn't like gotcha journalism no she was saying like i gave her time to change this mm -hmm. to explain herself to go yeah. back on it and she would just double down and continue saying it yeah um and the writer is, as she says, not Japanese, but is an Asian woman. Yeah. So, it, well, the way she explains it is very thoughtful, and I appreciated reading it. But you would think that maybe um, 
Gwen would think a bit more about what she was saying, right. it did not. It did no. not. Anyway, so what did Gwen Stefani say in this interview? Oh my god, Gwen Stefani says. Um, so she talks a lot about how she spent a lot of time between California and Japan growing because up. growing up when her because her dad worked at Yamaha. Um, yeah, which I know as the piano brand. Yeah, like it's like instruments. Music instruments. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Nepotism. <laughs> Hello. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe not. Probably not. <laughs> he may have done like a very baseline job at Yamaha, which may do other things other than instruments. Yeah. So she starts off by saying, um, that was my Japanese influence and that was a culture that was so rich with tradition, yet so futuristic with so much attention to art and detail and discipline. And it was fascinating to me. She explains how her father, who is Italian-American as mm. well, would return with stories of street performers cosplaying as Elvis and stylish women with colourful hair. Then as adults, she was able to travel to Harajuku, I'm definitely saying that wrong, to see them herself. I said, my God, I'm Japanese and I didn't know it. As those words seemed to hang in the air between us, she continued, I am, you know. Then she explained that there is innocence, quote-unquote, to her relationship with Japanese culture, referring to herself as a, quote, super fan. I just think the fact that she keeps going is so bizarre. That she, that she's never, I'm not saying she's never lived there to invalidate her, but like, to just complete, to an Asian woman... <laughs> An Asian American woman would be like, but I am, you know. And I think it's it's the I doubling am, you know. down. Yeah, the doubling down. It's not down. just saying something weird and then be like, oh crap, I've but said I think, something weird. It's like, no, but I am. But then to <laughs> like, go on and be like, oh, I'm a super fan is yeah. such a proof that you You're are not, not Japanese. Like because <laughs> no. So I'm English, but I yeah. wouldn't say that I'm a super fan of England because. <laughs> And you know that's not something that someone <laughs> says. Bragging about. And then you have people who are like Anglophiles that would be like, "I'm yeah. a super fan of England." Yeah. And it's like, actually, go though and see if you are. But like, <laughs> that is not a thing that people who are English would say. No. That's so not a thing. It's also weird, and I think it also fits into this like sort of fetishization Absolutely. that you do get with Japan and Japanese yeah. people from yeah. Western culture often. Yeah, it's, that it's very much fetishized. So neocolonial stuff. Yeah. That I feel like when she talks about it, it's like she, she's so on their wavelength and she gets the culture and she's really, it's her yeah. love for it and the appreciation for Do it. But she, she doesn't, speaks Japanese? I don't think she does at all. Like, that's the thing that gets me, like, to be like, I am Japanese. I have no evidence of her, like, actually immersing herself um, in a way that appreciates Japanese right. culture, learning the language, you know, it's going... It's all fetishized. She, she specifically says that she doesn't think it's appropriation, she thinks it's appreciation. I think that's something she talks about. If not, it's discussed in the, within the article. Yeah. Um, well, she keeps talking about being a fan of it. Yeah, and I'm like, but I, that's not appreciation. Like, no. I think appreciation is going to a place. Yeah. Or, you know... Well, going to a place and learning from the people there and yeah. learning how to respect it and respect its cultures and what yeah. their history is. It's just learning, I think. I mean, I don't know the specific definition <laughs> off by heart, but I think that would be my understanding would be, and yeah. not to like Insert receive monetarily, monetary yeah. reward from that situation. Yeah. But I think people don't really mind if you go and you appreciate. It's like wearing clothing based off it. I think if yeah. you're in Japan... Yeah. And you go and you respect the culture. Yeah. And you try on traditional dress because you yeah. paid a local and it's whose business it is. That you know, you're taught the history of, you're yeah. paying someone there. Yeah. But it's very different to be inspired, let's say, oh, by the local dress, take it, and then make money off that. Yeah. But Gwen Stefani didn't even do that back in the day in the early 2000s, because that would be one thing. Mm. What she did do was take actual people... Yeah, this is really, again, complicated. This is bizarre. <laughs> where I get cancelled this. <laughs> I, but th this is pure ignorance. Like, this was pure ignorance. When I didn't know, I, the most baffling moment of my life last night, <laughs> I was doing some research, and I suddenly was like, like, Harajuku in my head. Yeah. I always associate with the Harajuku perfumes. Yeah, me too. Which were, if you don't remember... 
in the early 2000s the hottest thing you could have i loved mine i coveted mine like mine was my favorite thing it, it really was a decoration was i yeah. begged for it like it yeah. was my christmas present i i was like please 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 it was my first like what i saw as an adult, adult perfume, perfume yeah. yeah i was like you weren't just getting little <laughs> well, we were like nine yeah it so was definitely well. <laughs> not an adult perfume but at the time i thought it was like the equivalent of like getting dior it, it, it felt, felt like, like that. It, because it was like these really pretty little um so they're little figures. Yeah. And there was a tiny amount of perfume. Oh, in it. you got barely <laughs> any it was so expensive you were paying for the figure. Yeah, you and I remember in the Debenhams near I mean it was quite far away, but we like went for a special trip and I think yeah. I got like my first pair of proper earrings. Yeah. And um from the jewellery counter and I also my mum special treat bought me one of the perfumes which one did you have i don't know what its name was but it was the one with the side buns oh do you remember the names i can't remember it was like she had the side buns. i think well, she was I the had, one that everyone wanted i had baby who had like the curly big hair oh okay in, yeah like, i love that outfit. one i'll show you mine so was, but it was like oh, she she so had was, they were all called so it was, it was like love, love beauty love angel music baby let me just do a quick Google because I can confirm for everyone. <laughs> but so. I loved Baby. I like, I just remember staring at it for ages. Yeah, it and was like, like the child hyperfixation. Oh, I had <laughs> love. I had love. Oh. She had like three buns Cute. and they had love hearts on and I thought she was the best thing ever. Um, but yeah, shock on my life that my favorite perfume I've ever owned <laughs> that prior to this knowledge, I would have repurchased if it had existed. Like if just I had gone, smell it again, I, I would yeah. have gone. And also to look at it, um, yes. I would have repurchased it. And then I realized... This was not some sort of high fashion couture perfume as I had nope. thought, um, despite it being sold at the price of that, yeah. in the UK at least. Uh, it was Gwen Stefani's perfume. What a twist. Which she really separated herself from this, I swear, even though one of the perfumes <laughs> yeah. is literally her, but it's yeah. just called G rather than yeah. Gwen. Um, <laughs> her perfumes are based off these girls that she essentially used as accessories yep. despite the fact they were people and then monetized off yep. by selling perfumes based off them without their real names yeah She's the names she them. gave them based yep. off her album yeah she sold these I, like did these girls get money from this were they rewarded in any way it was like their... they were her backup dancers weren't they but they were also just backup in general. Like yeah. they were just there. They were like the essentially time. she treated them as an accessory. I mean, also Ooh. just renaming them. I know. And that's what I mean. Like it's not really an appreciation of Japanese culture if you <laughs> rename people no. to the name of your very American album. Right. This is the thing of it. It's like the only way I can think of to describe it is in a very stereotypical Oriental sense. And yeah, I think yeah. because we don't re we have so much language around cultural appropriation now yeah. and you know there's been a lot of like academic research and kind of the academics now are actually catching up with where we're at at the moment mm. colonial studies are massive so you know everything's kind of filtering out so to have someone that is basically this like blatant quote-unquote orientalist and is shameless about it like she doesn't even flinch no. it's just like no but i'm I, this is how i'm a super fan and it's like her what she thinks is more important to her is her appreciation quote-unquote yeah. of this culture rather than actually turning around and being like oh maybe that was a bit insensitive mm. did she ask any of those women that like she made follow her around everywhere yeah. onto, like red carpets just be silent and just like yeah. standing there did she ask them like is this authentic like does this feel good for yeah. you as, like as or is it just like like we the never Gwen heard show? from them they were silent so i never really yeah. got to hear anything from them so no so what kind of you know stereotype is that playing up on as well and it's like yeah you want it's it's literally like quote the quote-unquote fetishization of yeah. people that it's like the image of people and what they signify for you but molded in your image so you can project whatever you want onto them and i also feel that she can still appreciate japan and have her and, and admit that it's a big part of her life because she was Hi, going japanese back and, people but that like she could admit that now but also yeah. say despite all that yeah. what i the way that i was yeah. displaying that appreciation yeah. quote unquote 
it, you know, about 20 years ago was wrong. Mm. Like, I recognize that now. Yeah. I've spent time. I've educated myself. I have discussed it with people. And I now recognize that that was probably not the right thing to do. And also, yeah, it was insensitive. But she yeah. had the opportunity to do that. And several times over did not take the opportunity. No. And the thing that it really reminds me of um, is Alaria Baldwin. Absolutely. It's so Alaria Baldwin chic, but also worse. <laughs> it's so much worse because it's like every culture that she appropriates isn't a white person culture. No. It's a minority culture. For sure. And she's a white woman in America that is just like cherry picking mm-hmm. from ev- and she's done it from every culture. She's yeah. I think when in her Bindi era she was also wearing Bantu knots as well in the same she look. She was and it's and like this was What are you doing? But the Bantu knots were to some extent, I think one of the particularly controversial things she did because I, they were like in at the time referred to as like when she was wearing them mini buns. So there was no appreciation oh. for what they actually were because <laughs> when she would wear them, they were called mini buns, and yeah. they're often like referred to or at the time were referred to as like a 90s chic style that yeah. were kind of originated by Gwen Stefani, and that's yeah. the problem because yeah. it's not. Yeah. There's a whole vast history behind Bantu knots that are not attributed to Gwen Stefani. (laughs) Mainly, Gwen Stefani is a very, very small part of the history of Bantu knots. (laughs) And, like, that's the lack of appreciation. That's not appreciation. That's appropriation because you've taken something and then now you are associated with that. To many people, she was the main association with Bantu knots. Especially if you're growing up in a majorly white community and you don't have access to anything else. Yeah, exactly. And it would just, I, like, even if in the interview she had been, she had recognized that. Yeah. Or said something to allude to it. Because I think what makes it worse for me is, and this is mentioned in the interview, is that it's not something that happened 20 years ago and she's now trying to forget. Yeah. Something she re brought up because she put yeah. out a music ve- video in, I think, 2021 called, like, Let Me int- Reintroduce Myself, something like that. Yes. Where she redoes all the styles yeah the iconic Gwen Stefani styles yeah. that were often stolen <laughs> so it's something she it's not like many people trying to forget it yeah and then being like yeah probably not the right idea mm-hmm. not the right thing I did 20 years it's ago it's like oh what don't bring up a tweet from it was a different time back then Blah. it's like it's she's like doesn't apply to Gwen she's Stefani she's so proud of it she cannot help herself it's but still I think going on what they highlight really like rightly so in the article Mm. the way they end it is by saying like that she has never said a single thing about um the rise of asian american hate that yeah yeah, you know like especially we've seen over covid you know especially with all the like friggin rhetoric around where the virus originated from and you know doing this People were attacked in the street. Well, this is what Jessa said in the article, which I think this is why I do genuinely think that you should go read the article. Yeah. And it'll be like yeah. a long flow. And she says, um, like Stefani, I'm not Japanese, but I am an Asian woman living in America, which comes with a sobering, re- which comes with sobering realities during a time of heightened Asian American and Pacific Islander hate. I am a woman who has been called racial slurs because of her appearance, feared for her father's safety as he travelled with her on New York City subways, and boiled with anger as grandparents were being attacked and killed because they were Asian. I envy anyone who can claim to be a part of this vibrant, creative community, but avoid the part of the narrative that can be painful or scary. I think that's the point that needs to be put across Absolutely, to everyone. Yeah, like that's yeah. that's what it comes down to when people get so upset about appropriation and people think, "Why are they upset? Like, oh, this yeah. is a pre." and it's situations like that that yeah. you get to pick and choose bits of cultures yeah. that you appreciate but avoid all the bits that you don't want yeah and that's not a luxury that most people get no and i, I yeah i think it's hurtful to it must ha- have be. to for the writer of that article to sit through that yeah and hear someone saying it and just not recognize it and feels like all of that emotion from those experiences must just boil to the surface while yeah. you sit with this woman who's just doubling down and going, but I am, you know, I am, yeah. I am Japanese. So but it comes from such privilege and white, like white privilege. It yeah. is white privilege that protects her and thinks, makes her think that she can do this and that seamlessly her picking and choosing is her knowing the culture enough to be like i've always loved it so like i am japanese 
Yeah. But you're never going to be racially attacked in the street. Your grandparents are never going to be right. Like, as, you know, Jess rightly said, it's, it's just so, it must be so hurtful. Yeah. To have, like you said, to have and to sit through it. you're kind of waiting for... You wait for the penny to drop. <laughs> well, I think you're waiting for, like, doing that interview. I think there's a bit of you that's like... Because I think Jessa admits that, like, this was someone... Not necessarily she admired, but, like, she, I think she talks about, like, her experience with Gwen Stefani. Mm. And I think there's a bit of her that wants her to be like, yeah, I apologise, that was not the right thing to do. And <laughs> it just, just doesn't mo- happen. No, and they've... I think... Um, I'm trying to find the bit where she talks about... Um, when they... I think they have a break a little bit oh, and they're like oh need a break I would be like I think I would be like can we go on break and then never return I'd be like that is not an interview I can do yeah because the um, in that time she said that once she said more than once that she is Japanese this is in the interview Allure's social media associate who is Asian and Latina was also present for the interview and we were left questioning what we heard. Maybe she misspoke again and again. During our interview, she asserted twice that she was Japanese and once that she was, quote, a little bit of an Orange County girl, a little bit of a Japanese girl, a little bit of an English girl. Surely she didn't mean it literally or she didn't know what she was saying. And then the representative for Stefani reached out the next day, indicating that I had misunderstood what she was trying to convey. (gasps) Allure later asked Stefani's team for an on-the-record comment for clarification of these remarks, and they declined to provide a statement or participate in a follow-up interview. So they tried to gaslight her, essentially? They gaslit her. (laughs) They went, actually, you You misunderstood that? When she specifically said, (laughs) I am Japanese, and then reiterated, I am, you know, and then said it again later on, and then said it again... You misunderstood that. Yeah. You and your tiny little brain yeah. did not know what Gwen Stefani was saying when she said, <laughs> I am Japanese. You, know. <laughs> you misread that. You've twisted her words. That's what I mean. Like, you you do yeah. have an expectation with these things that, like, potentially, you know, give them the benefit of the doubt. Maybe maybe this is just, like, a punchy headline. Like, we've all yeah. seen it where they take the first bit and they neglect to put the second yeah. bit that's been said in yeah. the headline because they've got to get people to click. I'm not even sure that she used the quote in the headline. Oh, no, she did. Gwen Stefani, I said, my God, I'm Japanese. And it, the picture of Gwen Stefani just smiling. <laughs> and it's like, really? Like, and you're happy that's out in the world now? Oh, it's just like, it's madness. It is, it's absolute madness because I don't think anybody in this day and age is really saying it she's like saying the quiet part out loud again it's like oh you would think like <laughs> the amount of media training that people get right and, and clearly she's, she's not had enough she's like a veteran at this at this yeah, point she's, she's been, been in the public in the, eye for so long literally and <laughs> she's received criticism quietly for this for a yeah. long time like this has not been i feel like everyone's known about this because yeah. all you have to do is re-watch any of her music videos <laughs> yeah. to be hit in the face by it we did it really randomly once yeah. because we were like sometimes we'll just put music from our childhood on and sing to it and so we very innocently put on um tick tock what you waiting for what you waiting for we put that on (laughs) and it was like suddenly we're hit in the face by the harajuku girls as she calls them just being there and we're like what like what is what's happening here i know well i've i've found the bit actually so the love angel music baby Mm. Their names, the women were actually, their names are Maya Chino, Jennifer mm. Kitta, Reno Kakusone, and Mayoko Kitayama. Okay. So they were Love, Angel, Music, and Baby, respectively. Sorry. According to Salon, there were rumors that the four women were contractually obligated to only speak Japanese in public. What? Um, and then, so that was 2004. And then because it was so successful in 2008, that's when the perfume line comes in. But then you also have, it's not like no one was saying anything at the time because it, Margaret Cho had written in a 2005 essay um, following the like debut of the Harajuku Girls that she thought it was a kind of like minstrel show mm. and that it was a weird time for Asian Americans Um and discuss then the lack of Asian representation in popular culture and media. 2005, 2005 people. So it's like it's not like it wasn't addressed at the time. So she's yeah, had exactly. literally nearly tw- like nearly twenty years with those words specifically 
and hasn't reflected on it. No, and doesn't feel ashamed and doesn't feel like yeah. any moment of reflection in any of it. No. Just, yeah, no, I'm Japanese, you know. The audacity to turn around in 2023 and be like, no, but I'm Japanese. It's like, is it is it a weird joke? Is that what she thinks oh, funny? Know. Or is she saying it with full sincerity? Like, yeah, it's so bizarre. And then she also is... She says that if people are going to criticize criticize her for being a fan of something beautiful um, and sharing that, then it doesn't feel right. I was like, but they're not criticizing you for liking Japan. Like, (laughs) I myself would love to visit Japan. I think it seems wonderful. There's so many things that I like Mm. about Japan. Appreciate the culture. But I'm not going to sit here and be like, I am Japanese. And I don't understand why anyone's annoyed at me for saying that. Because that's completely different. Those two things are not the same. (laughs) Liking a place is a completely different experience to appropriating a place. And claiming that you are Japanese. Doing it with your whole chest and then not being like, maybe I made a mistake this time. Just like full but it's like full hog the Ilaria Baldwin thing that like she never claimed specifically to be Hispanic but when we we've discussed it on the podcast there was I think it was something that was like on Twitter in the early days that this magazine kept saying that she was like the best dressed Hispanic woman or something like that and she would just like them yeah (laughs) it was like you get the benefit of like being like you know, if people thinking you're Hispanic yeah yeah, representative you're getting opportunities and stuff like that yep and, and, you know, in, I guess to Ilaria Baldwin or Hillary, it makes her think that she's so interesting. Like, exactly. So, you know, yeah. This is her, like, she, USP. She doesn't deal with, like, the everyday racism that Hispanic people face no. with when trying to get jobs. Yeah. You know? But then Gwen also uh, had a little foray into ripping off... She truly did. ...Latina culture. Yeah. Um, the Troller Girls? Yes. Uh, so I was like, "Oh my god, this is this is a white girl doing this again," and it just reminded me of, um, Haley Bieber, yeah. a couple of literally a couple of months ago when everyone was like, "The was it the brown lip trend?" For sure, yeah. And, and there was like, "No, no, no, she hasn't. She that's hasn't not made her. This, this isn't her. She's yeah. just doing it. This is actually a Latina tradition." literally and like this is nothing new <laughs> it was like it was like when the clean hair look started yeah. coming in which was just so sleekly done and all these yeah. white girls doing it with all the gel in it and people were like actually that's been a thing that like has been happening in black culture for a long time so and long. you didn't like it when we did it as yeah. we remember like that was something yeah. that like i was seeing said a lot and i was like yeah that's so true and now like yeah. it's referred to as the clean hair look I know. it's so interesting the way that like yeah. these styles can be appropriated and fully change like change yeah. the perception on it. it it's so wild that that's just something that's casually going on and i feel like if you look at that literally you could see any of those examples once and be like yeah that is unfair yeah. and surely that would change your judgment altogether right like at least she could have said yeah you know what when prompted in this interview, which, you know, she was given the opportunity mm-hmm. to do several times. Yeah. She could have been like, yeah, it was a little unfair that I got credit for all those styles. No. 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 I feel face. like even that, even to say it was a little I unfair. I mean, it was a lot unfair. But even to say that, Ugh. there was literally no acknowledgement. I've never seen someone so unaware. And I yeah. don't want this to come across as like, we are Gwen Stefani haters. I mean, I feel definitely more inclined that way now. But like... Gwen Stefani, I was such big a big fan. Childhood, like, big yeah. part of my childhood. Love the yeah. music. If anything, it's just very big disappointment that, yeah. that the viewpoint hasn't changed because you yeah. just can't yeah. use the excuse for her that, like, oh, well, you know, that was 20 <laughs> years ago. Know. Everyone was doing different things 20 <laughs> yeah. years ago. You know? And, like, yeah. oh, she was young and stuff like that. You can't really use that when she's nope. doubling down now. And in um, 2012, she, I think it's for Looking Hot music video. Yeah. She plays a Native American princess dressed in a feathered headdress and moccasin boots as she gyrated around teepees. And then they, they, so this was um, her, no doubt, reunited. This was like their song that they'd reunited for, which is the band that Gwen Stefani was in. Um, And then they had to release an apology. And this was the apology. (laughs) As a multiracial band, our foundation is built upon both diversity and consideration for other cultures. 
being hurtful to anyone is simply not who we are. It's almost like someone put those words out at some point. Could she not have just yeah. reused them now? They're not great words. It's, it's pretty poor apology. Ago. But like, it feels like she could just say the same sentiment of like, um, our foundation is built upon both diversity and consideration for right. other cultures. I feel like she could have at least said something like that. Put out the yeah. PR statement. They couldn't even put out a PR statement for her when asked. <laughs> they refused. They said, no, we're in too deep. We're just going to ignore it and hope it goes away. Yeah. 2016, she, as a judge on The Voice, she's wearing tribal braids. And then this past Christmas, um, I think she posts something of her singing Feliz Navidad um, on her Twitter and someone retweeted it saying her commitment to other cultures is unmatched. Um, she's their favourite white woman of colour and cultural appropriation is her middle name. <laughs> I feel like it would have been even better if she'd have got Alaria up to sing with her. Alaria would love to sing Feliz Navidad. <laughs> Feliz Navidad. The way she sang it as well. Like, I love Feliz Navidad at it's Christmas. A great it's such Christmas a song, good yeah. Christmas song. But the way she's singing it and she's like, I like it's good to do pronunciation, but she is putting Feliz. her all in. Feliz Navidad. Like the way she does it, I'm like, it's almost like she's impersonating at this point. Like <laughs> we all love Feliz Navidad, but the way I say it, it's just not the same. No, <laughs> I do love Feliz Navidad. It's a very, yeah, very good song. Very, very good. But what I forgot and then remember through learning this, amongst the sea of cultural mm. appropriation, is the Hollaback Girl. Is it about Courtney Courtney Love? No. Who is it? Was it Madonna? So. I didn't think it was about anyone. Somebody insulted her. And oh, then... is it? Because like she was on this is so random, but she was on the like carpool karaoke with James Corden and he was like, What is it about? And she was like, Not really anything. It's just like when people holler at you. <laughs> Courtney Love. No way. It's in response to Courtney Love bullying her. Bully? Love divest, um, divisively called Stefani a cheerleader in a mag- magazine interview. In is that bullying? Early two thousand. That, that's not the most offensive thing you could be called. <laughs> cheerleader. It's not strictly offensive. I've been called very much worse yeah, in a was, loving way. That was literally it. She just called her a cheerleader, and then she went and she wrote Hollaback Girl. And I love she's now like. No, it's not about anyone. Maybe I misinterpreted that interview. <laughs> Maybe she was like, no, it's not about anyone. Wink. But like we in my know. head, she was like, no, it's about no one. <laughs> you <laughs> idiot, James Corden. Um, I do like that song. I know. It's, it, it's very repetitive, like two minutes in. But it, when it's it first comes on, Immediately, great. I would say. Immediately. <laughs> but as soon as we get to B-A-N-A-N-A-S throat made such a strange noise in response it was like don't say her words <laughs> don't say that I, it was can- i was cancelled by my own throat you were you self-censorship <laughs> yeah self-censorship it's just a real thing yeah it's happening but no it's it's a very interesting time and place that she's chosen to i've never i've seen people backpedal a lot in celebrities <laughs> yeah, this no, is i've seen them so backpedal i've seen them try and do the worst explanation yeah. and i'm starting to have like minimal more respect for that because i didn't realize that this was an option <laughs> no, I like think I, we were I was like oh this. gosh they are really doing the <laughs> yeah. worst and now i'm like no they could be At doing they so like, much worse. Maybe i was wrong yeah i mean i know there's some <laughs> pr person who's telling them yeah. to do that yeah but God, I didn't know that this was one of the options. Like, I didn't know that there was an option where they could just be like, no, I am going to double down. And not just double down, triple down. Reiterate yeah. my terrible point to you. <laughs> Were yeah. you not getting it? It's bizarre. It truly is bizarre. It's disappointing, but it's, I guess, not new to many people. No. Um, please let us know your thoughts on it. Um, obviously we probably don't have the most nuanced opinion on these things no. but I think if you read the article that we it's put really down good. below the alert yeah. one, it's really good I think it's very well written and Absolutely. it says kind of everything you need to know on why what she's saying is offensive yeah. um, and hurtful just pure hurtful so please check that out um, because I really didn't enjoy reading it but like it was really it was such an interest not even an interesting no take. it's just it sounds, but it's it, it's just someone's experience yes, and when you're yeah. kind of not like i'm aware of experiences i'm aware of the experiences are happening that are different to mine 
Um, but to ha- I think it's always helpful to have it put literally in front of you. Yeah. So yeah. you can just know, because I, you know, when people, when I make such a big stance on appropriation, and people are like, well, it actually doesn't bother anyone. <laughs> um, so why do you care so much? And it's nice to like have this to reference in future. Yeah. Like, actually read yeah. this because this is why. This sums it up literally right here, right yeah. now. Yeah, there's definitions in it of yeah. like what appropriation actually is. It's very yeah. helpful as like if you have been confused why people were so offended by cultural appropriation in yeah. the past. And it's bang up to date. It's not yeah. people harking on about things that have happened. Well, I mean, it is because she's done it so many friggin' times, but like. But- here we go. Here we go Here again. again. Mamma Mia too. <laughs> um, but yeah, please let us know. I would love to hear opinions or, you know, just... General experiences. Yeah. You know, we're always in the market to learn. Literally. And we try always. try our best, but there's always room to improvement. Always room to, Im- room to, to improvement. Yep. There's room to improvement. Remember, yep. guys, room <laughs> to improvement. Um, Have a lovely week. Thank you for week. listening once again. Bye-bye. Much love. Bye. Bye.